pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, or good morning, and welcome to a very, very special One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Simon, why is today special? Look, Steve. (laughs) So I'm looking through the uh, camera that currently connects Simon and I, and I can see that he has shorts on. So that's a first. Shorts on! It's the shorts show! Did you you get the memo? Did you get the memo? That's all... Oh, come on. Sorry, I'm so sorry. But Simon, what, uh, which conditions afford you the opportunity to wear shorts? Well, the sun is shining um, and unusually we're recording on the day of broadcast. <laughs> we are, which we haven't done since One Life Left moved to a pre-recorded show at the start of COVID. The reason we're doing that is because it's a bank holiday Monday here. And we are recording, I think, for the first time in One Life Left's history in the morning. Oh, interesting. Can you recall an occasion we've ever done that before? No. Uh, we tried once to do something through th- through the night. We, <laughs> we did a live broadcast in a bed, didn't we? We did. We did. Back in the days of Nottingham Game City, we promised we were going to break the record for the world's longest radio show. But then, thankfully, someone else did it a few days before, setting the bar far too high for us to clear at 72 hours or something. So we thought, well, we'll just get a curry from a bed instead. Um, did that for a couple of hours, didn't we? That definitely doesn't count That's, as the morning. No. And to be fair, that is always our fallback plan, isn't it? <laughs> We've always got that in the back pocket. Um, but no, you're right. Uh, in the morning, how's, how's it going? How does it, how does it feel? Could you sleep last night? What have you done today? Oh, you know, it's, I was quite nervous. It was like Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I've not done a lot. Um, what I'm most excited about is, as already mentioned on the show, I'm recording from a different location to Simon. I'm, I'm here in South London. Uh, Simon is in Hitchin. And, um, well, typically, we get the ambiance of an evening outside, you know, cars rolling past on the the way, taking their drivers home from work. Um here, what am I going to get this Monday morning? Hopefully, I silence. wonder. Hopefully, silence. We will see. Mm. Uh, and so, well, you will hear, listeners. What have we got coming up on the rest of the show, Simon? Well, we've got the most current news that we've ever had. <laughs> we're recording on the day of broadcast. <laughs> we do. Uh, so that's good. Uh, we don't have any guests. Um, had we recorded last night, mm-hmm. uh, Dexter would have joined us live. Um, but we shifted the broadcast, didn't we? So uh, we'll do that another time. He he said to me he was really looking forward to it. So we'll have to sort that out so that he can give us an update on the Discord, our, pro, our Discord progress. Um, we'll have some music. We won't have any features. We'll probably have a couple of letters. And I've played two games this week, so... Congratulations. I think I... Thanks. I have as well. I should say something, though, before the news section starts. Um, Uh-oh. I was approached... This week, by, <laughs> by listeners of the show, 
<laughs> Where are you now? And uh, listener said, uh, "All right, all right, Steve. Sorry, sorry." The listener began by saying, "Aren't you, aren't you Steve from One Life Left?" <laughs> they must have been a bit nervous, were they? Did you notice them lurking in the background as you were picking up your groceries? Yeah, they, perhaps? Were, they, were, they were just they sort of cupped one ear just to see if they could. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like Steve. Um, said, "Aren't you Steve from One Life Left?" It's like, yeah, he said, love, love the show. Love the show. Long time <laughs> listener. Uh, but I've got a bit of a suggestion for you, if you don't mind. Hope it's not impertinent. What? <laughs> I said, um, it'd be nice if you could begin with something at the start of the show. Begin with something maybe at the start of the news section, which kind of set the time period. So when people are listening on Resonance, they can tell it's not a repeat or something, you know. If we just started with, well, it's the week beginning... Monday 31st of May then that would make life easier for them interesting actually because I overheard this conversation (laughs) and my (laughs) I mean I don't know if you know but I often lurk around in the back I get a bit nervous um, meeting you in person actually it's been so long I was in the same supermarket and I heard this conversation and I thought if this person was a regular interested listener Mm. wouldn't they know if they'd heard it before and then I thought, probably not. That's a fair comment. Yeah, I thought that too. That wasn't my initial reaction, but I thought, I think it's fair play for them to zone out during the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> during during the whole hour. Yeah. Kick back in when you either hear the news jingle or the theme at the end, and then go back to listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. Anyway, it is the week beginning Monday 31st of May, or... Sunday 30th of May, if you're one of those sort of Sunday starts of the week people. Which are you, Simon? Monday starts the week. I mean, I, what, I think that you should say if you're one of those, like that, <laughs> made it quite clear where our position is. We aren't a Microsoft calendar, are we? <laughs> We're not default office settings. And this is the news. Simon, it's our most current news for 18 months. What have you found this week? Well, bang up to date from yesterday. And actually, um, you could debate whether this is news or not, given that it's been on One Life Left for for months. Uh, From uh, Video Games Chronicles, written by Tom Ivan yesterday. A product listing for the new Nintendo Switch Pro was briefly spotted on Amazon amidst reports Nintendo will soon officially announce a new console. Spotted by Twitter user Twitter user Alphabet, the listing was found on Amazon Mexico, although the product name has since been changed. Although the listing could well be a placeholder unrelated to official product information, Amazon Mexico has previously accurately listed products before their official announcements. Uh, they then post some screenshots, and then and then they they drop back as all news sites do to reference Bloomberg. <laughs> so it's coming, it's coming. According to Amazon Mexico, Steve as predicted on One Life Left, they make no mention of the fact it's going to have a triangular screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still leading with that information. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, lots of people think it's going to be announced during E3 week. Which, in case you hadn't realised, <laughs> given. We don't know what time is anymore. Is in a couple of weeks' time. Okay, is it so soon? Mm. Um, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, since we were the first to break news of the Switch Pro all those months ago, do you think we should um, break news of the release date as well? Oh well, um, uh, Video Games Chronicles reckons it's going to be in September or October. Um, they say, according to the publication sources, Nintendo will begin assembly of the new Switch as soon as July and release the console in September or October, which I think means that if we say it definitely will be September or October, <laughs> um, makes us fr- setting the news agenda again. Um, yeah, so it'll be out in September or Octo- and October. That's true. If we go for September, <laughs> then we can't be... I mean, they're not going to release it around the world on exactly the same day, are they? So we could say, we, no. no, we were talking about the release date for Malta, as we always do with One Life Left. Very of course we do. Malta-centric. Hello, news. Malta. Hello, Malta. <laughs> uh, well, that's good news. Are you excited about that, Simon? Well, Steve, 
I would have. Yes, yes is the answer. However, there's been some new news this week, which has made me a little less excited about it. Maybe we'll come on to that shortly. But yes, obviously I'll get a Switch Pro. Um, I've been playing a few Switch games this week, as we'll come on to later. And, it, and I have to say, uh, it's been nice to be back. Um, but uh, yeah, having um, a slightly bigger screen, uh, slightly more oomph or grunt un- in a, under the hood uh, would, would make me very happy. What about you? I'm not sure. Like I, I haven't touched my Switch for since I sort of got bored with Animal Crossing. Um, so that's right. six to nine months ago now, and I really love it as a device. I, 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 I think it's you know it's one of my favourite consoles ever. Um, but I'm not currently. I think, I think um, the pandemic has made me play a lot more video games as it has done for everyone right we've seen uh, video game industry revenues through the roof what does that mean where's the roof on on our revenues i think it's bobby bobby coated pockets <laughs> it'll go up in up up the inside of his trousers and just form inside <laughs> trouser pockets that's the that's the roof of the games okay industry. great so uh, we've seen that happen whether we wanted to or not and um, but conversely, uh, because I'm not travelling as much as I did, I'm not using my Switch as much, uh, because the Switch for me was purely handheld device. And these days, I have more access to my my PC. So um, I don't think I'll be in a rush to buy it when it launches, definitely Ooh. in September or October. <laughs> um, and October. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of debate, but and I've been surprised about this on Rollmuck. Uh, they've been talking about this following our exclusive reveal, um, which they they haven't mentioned at the start of the thread, but I think that's because everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are saying that they don't play their Switch in handheld at all, and so what they want is a Switch without a screen. Huh. I mean... I, I, I know. I, that, that makes perfect sense for me. <laughs> um, I guess I sort of often reflect back on the the Switch launch trailer where it showed people just slogging these things in and moving, going across their friend's house and playing it. I thought, that's never going to happen. But what we have there is the, exactly that use case. You know, people who who are using this as a dominant um, uh, console device, other people who are taking it from place to place, and the Switch is the device that makes both of those people happy. Um, where, where have you played it multiplayer outside of your house during the history of the Switch? Well... Anywhere nowhere. or nowhere? Wow. <laughs> I don't think... I, I once played... It. I once played Mario Party in an airport. Mm, I remember you said... Once. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... I don't think... But that's not because of Nintendo. That's because I don't talk to people or like being near people, which is why the pandemic has been ideal for me, except for... <laughs> except for uh, using my Switch. Um... I've got a games industry revenue through the roof news uh, piece of news here. Crack on. EA generated $1.6 billion here uh, in revenue last year just from Ultimate Team. That's on the Garmasutra.com, written by friend of the show, Alyssa McAloon. Electronic Arts generated $5.63 billion in net revenue for the whole of 2021, $1.62 billion of which came solely from the often controversial Ultimate Teams team modes in its sports games like FIFA. So that's over quarter of EA's revenue from um, last year, or from this financial year, uh, came from FIFA Ultimate Team. That's not um, surprising to me. Simon, have you played Ultimate Team? Yeah, I I try to play it every year, and then I realise I do not understand it, um, and then I stop playing it. So um, but this... I do see a lot of people on Twitter that are very excited about it all the time, mm. trying to get their synergies right, etc. Legendary players. So this is the uh, this is the game where you basically collect football cards, don't you? Inside FIFA, so you pay you pay for packs of cards which you open, and then you try and make your best team, and you play it against other people's teams. Is that right, Sam? I believe that to be the case. <laughs> um, and I've I've dabbled with it again, but I was. I, I was quickly driven away from the game when I started to understand that there was no way you could become the best without spending real money. 
is that the case as well? Um, it does drop um, packs periodically uh, for completing like weekly rewards and stuff like that. Um, but the level of characters that you get are um, or appear to me to be um, much lower um, than the ones that you pay for. So you get bronze, silver, gold, legendary, etc. And I think the chances of getting the, the upper tier characters are much smaller in the, in the packs that you get for free. Mm. Um, so it, so, it yeah. seems to you know to me, and I got very little experience with this game, but to be basically what amounts to a pay-to-win uh, video game. And of course, it, it, it borders on the discussion that the games industry is having right now about um, NFTs, about making items uh, collectible in themselves by uh, by minting them as NFTs. Now, FIFA cards aren't NFTs, but. Uh, have a real world value. Um, are you into the idea of, of 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 NFTs in video games, Simon? I am not, Steve. No, somebody suggested it to me a couple of weeks ago uh, on a game that uh, I won't name, mm-hmm. and I told them to not do that. I think that is the correct answer, Simon. Thank you, Steve. I was thinking of you. I channeled you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw a discussion this week on on the um, on the you know the Facebook group that uh, that I'm a member of. I don't of. know, do I? No, you don't. I don't you know, don't, do I? You don't know no. yet, but I'll talk to some people. <laughs> I'll talk to some people and see what I can do. And I saw uh, the question was posed. I, th- I think there's a game launching this week, or maybe it's gone into early access, where all of the items in it are NFTs, and um, that's very very exciting to some people. Because you can take the objects, even if the game stops working, you can still own those objects. You can own those objects forever and still trade them with um, with friends and sell them. And uh, the question was posed: Isn't this a, isn't this a good thing? And people responded with the well. I was I was pleased to see that most of the answers on the group, apart from people who were invested in the NFT industry, uh, most of the answers were: This is a terrible thing at worst and at best it's just a boring pointless thing because sure if the game goes under you can still own the items but actually you can't can you because what you're owning is a link to the items and the game doesn't work so you won't be able to access that link or indeed why do you need to own the items if the game has gone away um the and will you still be able to access those items when the planet's on fire (laughs) Yeah, I would argue that that is the more critical point here. The, the NFTs are uh, not great for the world. Uh, FIFA's ultimate team cards are great for electronic arts, but um, perhaps not great for gaming as a um, as a as a fair sport. Video games chronicles again. This one's uh, six days old, Steve. Um... Um, unfortunately, so almost a full week. Uh, we over a week old by the time the, we're podcast, but still, it's worth discussing. Um, Tom Ivan again uh, on Video Games Chronicles. Valve is reportedly creating a portable gaming PC that has been likened to Nintendo Switch. According to Ars Technica, the hardware will play a large selection of games on Steam via Linux and could launch this year depending on the supply chain situation. As reported earlier on Tuesday, reference to a potential Steam Pal device in Valve's latest Steam update led to speculation that the company could be planning to release console-like hardware. Steam's latest client beta references both Steam Pal and Steam Pal games in relation to previously discovered codename Neptune. Multiple sources told Ars Technica that Steam Pal, or whatever the device ends up being called, should it come to market, is an all-in-one PC with gamepad control and touchscreens. The hardware, which is said to be at the prototype stage, will reported include the option to dock to larger monitors via USB Type-C port, but doesn't include detachable controllers like Switch. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, is this the piece of news that we actually broke last week? It is. Did we? I can't remember. Well, we you talked about um, how there was an unannounced piece of hardware or an unannounced oh. platform oh sorry yes yes well potentially yes potentially um uh yes and and i think given that this is apparently running linux does mean or, or is it linux like i forget what the official one life left style guide is um 
means that, assuming that it is real, that the um, it won't offer access to the whole Steam library. Mm-hmm. Um, so games will need to be on Linux. And yeah, there's potentially... Now, now, what it doesn't tie into is that I wonder actually who would be funding this. Then. What Valve are funding games themselves, are they? Funding the Linux ports or funding the the hardware? Well, well, they're obviously funding mm-hmm. the. So, if they are doing it, they'll be funding the hardware. But I just, yeah, when we talked about the unannounced mobile platform last week, um, who would be funding those games in order to bring them to the platform? Then, so would that be Valve? Well, do they need to? I mean, what percentage of the well, exactly. library is on Linux? Uh, not very large. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So the headline: Oh, what I can carry all my Steam games around with me in my. Uh, large uh, pockets um, would be uh, yeah. It, the reality isn't quite that because it's a it's a it's a much smaller subset of games. Still really interesting, um, and I think you know absolutely would cause publishers and developers to think about uh, moving across to Linux. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly not not all of the games are on it by default. It would still be, I guess, the biggest launch library for any hardware platform ever. And and you and imagine because you like how many Steam games have you if you got I mean I've got loads mm. I probably don't know how many Linux games I've got so you'd get a new console <laughs> that is automatically going to have I don't know probably a hundred games on it that you won't need to buy because you've already owned them. and a hundred games that you probably haven't played before I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play them yeah <laughs> <I> still... <laughs> so that's I... I'll see if it can run Mario sixty four won't I that's, that's <laughs> exciting yeah straight on. <laughs> Straight on the subreddit for it to see if it's been hacked. Yeah, um, the, that's exciting. Um, I guess there are some questions which around Valve's um, sticking power with their uh, hardware platforms or hardware devices they've released in the past. Do you remember the the Steam controller? Yep, I do remember the Steam controller. Never owned one. That's a surprise, isn't it? I've got one. Um, do you? Mm, okay, I thought it was all right. How much? Yeah, uh, I, I, I certainly heard that. Um, uh, the Steam Box, Steam Link. Mm-hmm. I've got. I think. I think I threw one of those out this year okay. during the um, during the, uh, the, uh, the 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 loft clearances. Um, yeah, I had one. Didn't. Um, I think I used it once or twice. Now that is redundant, of course, these days, isn't it? Given that you can Steam Link to to almost any browser. I think. Um, is that the case? Certainly TVs are coming with it um, built in. So that's a piece of hardware that doesn't need to exist anymore. Um, what else have they done? They've done VR, which they're still doing. Well, they've got the Valve Index, uh, which yeah. is the their own take on the HTC Vive. And that seems to be... <laughs> well, it's, I, I can't tell you whether it's still in production, but it's still available to buy, I think. Um, and of course, there was the steam machine back in the day. Yep, which never really took off, did it? No, and again, that that ran Linux. Mm. So maybe that was in part why. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I should, I probably should have had a look to see if there are any stats on what percentage of the Steam library uh, is on Linux by default. But um, yeah, interesting. One to keep an eye on. Will definitely be out this year. We will keep our listeners informed on uh, Simon's time to canal. Um, I don't know that I've got any other news here. I was slightly distracted. I got too into that story and stopped looking at the the (laughs) news stories. Uh, Okay, well, um, here's here's an odd news story for you, okay? okay? Uh, Again, from Video Games Chronicles, written by Chris Scullion. Nintendo has released a new update for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the first time in over two years. The update to version 1.7.2 of the game fixes a couple of bugs, one that causes tournament points to be reset and another that can cause players' match history with their friends to be reset. Although the update itself isn't a major one, it's notable that Nintendo is continuing to support the game, which is more than five years old now. The last update for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe version 1.7.1 was released in January 2019. Da, 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 da. So, there's surely more to this than meets the eye, Steve, isn't there? Well, uh, who... Have, have people been making noise about this bug recently? Is there, has there been a 
you know, a, an internet protest fixed that tournament bug that Nintendo finally responded to? Or are they messing around with this game and are like, right, while we're at it, fix this thing, check that, check that our patching system still works, and then we can drop in some new characters and some new tracks next week. Exactly, Steve. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what it seems to me. Why would you take two years to update what are... Um, I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not technical in any sense. But on the face of it, you, you either needed to be addressed immediately because they were causing your match history to be reset or your tournament points to be reset. Right? So that feels quite urgent in a competitive game. Um, so either it needed addressing two years ago. It doesn't need addressing now, does it? It's not mm. as if suddenly, suddenly people are playing it. So, yeah, I suspect and hope... Let's be honest that they've added a couple of hooks into this version where they can potentially drop some new Grand Prix um, during the E3 Direct. Come on. Because you've been playing Mario Kart again, haven't you? With your, I have with, your with my three-year-old, yeah. She's getting bored of the, uh, of the same cut. <laughs> and, and actually, her first words were, will there be more DLC, Daddy? <laughs> Just before or after she complained about her tournament points being reset. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, that's all so, our news. One life left, video game news with to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, we're a video game radio show currently broadcasting from a remote location or two remote locations away from the Resonance FM studios, but we're excited to be back there very, 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 very soon. I speculate. I hope. Um, you can hear some music playing in the background right now. Uh, we don't know what that is yet because we are recording this, pre-recording the show. But you can find out what this is by looking at the show notes on onelifeleft.com, uh, which have kindly been compiled by our under-caretaker, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Um, yeah, recording it this way does make it quite hard to judge, doesn't it? Um, when I edited the show last week, I didn't realise that we'd run so short, and which is why you got almost five minutes of music from Hades last week. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um... Yeah, good good pick though, Simon. Why did you select that? Because it was almost five minutes long. <laughs> well, the, the the problem was um, that uh, I'd mentioned that potentially dropping the music to elite um, in the first mm. uh, gap for music, and that's and that's under two minutes, so it doesn't give you a lot of flex on the other end. You see, so so there we go. I downloaded Elite Dangerous last night. Did you? Look, see, the show works, doesn't it? Mm, mm, I haven't played it yet, um, but I'm looking forward to getting my space legs on. Maybe that will be in next reviews, uh, next week's review section. It's not time for the reviews now, is it? It's time for Letters. Email, messages and forward PCs. 
Now, I know we've had two this week, one to our inbox and one to the Discord channel. Well, I've got three in my inbox, Steve. Maybe this is a spam filter thing. Uh, okay. Uh, I will. You've got three in your One Life Left inbox. I do, Steve, yeah. And along with some other things, the British Podcast Awards are trying to get hold of me. I mean, you know. <laughs> of course they are. Who can blame them? <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, will you start? I will find the next one. Okay. Kazula. Uh, oh no, sorry, uh, Zuba, sorry, writes um, Subject line, Chuckle, Evening Team and Possible SSG I hope I've got this in the nick of time as I'm rocking my 18-month-old to sleep I'm squeezing in sessions of Metal Gear Solid 5 at the moment And the format of short missions suits my adult life Gone are the days of binging long sessions of Metal Gear Solid 3 during my student days Gosh, Metal Gear Solid 5 is a bit heavy though It's serious, serious, until your horse gets parachuted away I was wondering if there's been a game that has made you laugh truly laugh out loud and bring tears to your eyes for the right reasons is there room for triple a funny games or are we reliant on mike biffle or dan marshall etc to inject humor into indie titles love the show zuba um that's a good question isn't it games that mainstream games that have made you properly laugh so the the key part there is triple a right because we can mm. name a small Indie titles like uh, like uh, Zubair has done there with Biffle and Marshall. Uh, I would say that Bennett Foddy's slapstick work has made me laugh more than uh, more than any other video game. Uh, Quop, I think, is one of the funniest video games of all time, and uh, uh, Bennett Foddy's Get on Top is also funny in that kind of frustrating way. But triple a games that have made you laugh not not lol 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 on the floor lolling um no that's uh i mean you know uh zuba references metal gear solid 3 and that you know that's that's that has made me like that um during bits of it Um, what about grand theft auto not not lolling at neo not not tears. It definitely tries to be. I mean, funny, again, it though, makes you smile. It? Yeah, there's this this parts. It's all it's all it's mostly parody, isn't it? That's where um, yeah. GTA is aiming. Hmm. No. Let's make some funny AAA games, Steve. Where is the AAA Police Academy game? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the only ones that you would reference would be the LucasArts ones, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, and, and I was... even then, are they? I was going to say that, but I, I'm not sure. That's from a different age, isn't it? I'm not sure mm. they would count as AAA games. Um, AAA seems to I mean, imply Border- a budget above that of the LucasArts games. So, hmm. Does Borderlands try to be funny? It definitely tries. It definitely, <laughs> it definitely tries. Well, it's not aimed at us, is it, Borderlands? It's not aimed at us. It's not no. aimed at us. No. All right. Uh, good question. If anyone's got any answers for Zuba, please mm. write in or post them on our Discord, which is linked in the show notes. Uh, we're up to seventy-eight users. Come on, um, users. that that must be everyone, mustn't it? I mean, I mean, everyone on the internet. So. <laughs> How many more people can there be? I, I would imagine a, around a hundred. If I was designing the internet, I'd say <laughs> put a hundred people on there because it, then it'd be easy yeah. to easy to work out percentages of interest. In different parts of the internet. All right, I've got a letter here from uh, Chris Conroy. He writes, Dear team and super Socratic guest, all we are is dust in the wind, dude. There's been some talk of barcades on the Discord recently, and it's got me hankering for another crack at the MAME experience, something that I come back to every few years. The thrill of the chase, the gluttony of those huge ROM packs, the instructions scattered across half a dozen different websites. Half the fun of emulation is getting things working, and while things are a lot easier now than they were in the early years of the project, getting everything pulled together and configured just so is such a satisfying experience. And all of this before the games themselves. Thousands of tiny capsules of hardware, software, design thinking, and social mores across the decades. Hit the random button and see what delicious digital amuse-bouche is served up. Om nom nom. How do you like your mame? Once in a while, constant grazing or not at all? Any surprising finds that keep you 
uh, that you keep on coming back to. Your Cade cloning correspondent, Chris Conroy. What a great question, Chris. Um, yeah, I, you know, during um, periods of downtime during the working week, I do drift off to eBay mm-hmm. um, or Arcade Leisure or um, a few of the other ones and look at uh, home main cabinets. And um, we had one in the office when we back it had offices, and that had loads and loads and loads, loads of games on it. And I've got a small piecade, which I do enjoy. I do, um, yeah. The the problem is having access to such a wide variety of all the games ever made. Um, when actually, you know, a properly curated section is much, much, much better. Um, and so I'm hovering between the old arcade one-up machines, which are exactly that. They, they are probably too curated, like four or five games on one main cabinet. That's too small. Um, and I'm think, I, I want one of those which you are able to open up. Um, and actually, uh, Mike Channel was mentioning on Twitter this week that uh, he was like, oh, I don't post most game stuff because he's all about cars and things. Um, but he, he he talked about a few games he's playing. And then he said, oh, there's an arcade one-up hack coming soon. And I was like, oh, is there? Because actually modi- modding these pieces of hardware is is quite a challenge. You need to buy a new screen, a new, a new bits and bobs. Um, it looks way beyond my capabilities. And I'd not realised that they brought out light gun arcade one, one-ups, right? Which um, are for deer hunter, because you know all the Americans like to hunt. Um, so you can buy... Um, is it deer hunter? Oh, no, it's not deer hunter, sorry. It's like big game hunter or something like that. Um, but they are modding, so you can put House of the Dead on there and um, Let's Go Jungle, etc., etc. And that sounds like fun. So that's on its way. Um, yeah. And also, I'm uh, I'm going to have to move the shed around. But this year, Steve, I will have a full-size arcade cabinet in the shed. And it will have track and field will be the one I keep going back to, to set high scores. Um, and then probably Donkey Kong. And then burger time for my wife. <laughs> um, I, uh, I follow you on Twitter. And oh yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Steve. And of course, I, I follow Mike Channel as well. Mostly just to see what you're both up to. <laughs> just like to you know keep track on what games you two are playing this week and i uh, i saw this thread where you asked him all right mike mate I did say mike yeah yeah <laughs> what's <funny>. uh, <laughs> what's going on um i see you chatting about arcades i'm into arcades as you'll know from our time spent online playing games together <laughs> So I don't really know why I'm not talking to you in private, frankly, because we catch up all the time. But while we're here, I thought I'd ask you what's going on with this hack you're talking about. And I followed the links and I didn't understand a word of it, honestly. Like, I, I followed the link to the Reddit post and it used so much language that I just didn't get. And so that, for me, is um, is what's kept me away from MAME. Now, I was heavily into MAME back in the Xbox days. So the original Xbox, when you could hack your Xbox, put MAME on there, that felt incredible. You suddenly had a console filled, as Chris points out, with all of the games ever from history. Just hit random, play a random game, and that's what I used to do in the evening. Fantastic times. However, I remember back then, that took me an age to set up. And just reading this page that was all about, you know, it wasn't about installing MAME, it was about hacking this cabinet to allow more MAME games on, it just made me realise there's so much... It's not even about the complexity of the actions, it's the terminology involved that I would have to learn and understand and decode. And for what? To be able to play the same three games that I could already play if I just bought them on Steam in one of the Capcom arcade packs or whatever. So for now, until I have a shed too and can put an arcade cabinet there, or until I go around to your place, or maybe even Mike's place. That's it for me <laughs> and Maine. A lot of the thrill in that is doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. I recently set up, and I'm I'm incredibly obnoxiously pleased with myself that I have got something as simple as the Virgin... I hope Richard Branson's not listening. The Virgin Media Go application running on a Fire TV stick. It shouldn't do, Steve, <laughs> but it does. It runs on mine so that I can watch my BT Sports subscription in the other room on on uh, uh, stuff that I pay for, but they don't want me running it on a screen larger than they, they dictate. It does, though. It runs on a Fire TV stick. And when you come round to mine, Steve, and we're watching the Champions League final, you'll go, hang on a minute. How comes you're using the Virgin Go app on a screen that size? 
life. And I was going, yeah, because it took me about two hours to do, and I bought a two ninety nine app from the Google Play Store, which which emulates the movement of your fingers <laughs> on a flat TV screen. Yes. <laughs> I guess that speaks as well to the uh, design point that I think I made last week when I was talking about a video game um, in the review section, that as humans we get a lot out of feeling like we're breaking something, um, and designers can play with that. Like You can make it feel like the power-up set that the player is collecting is transgressive and is breaking your game and the player feels so empowered by that ha <laughs> i'm taking a shortcut to the end by getting this and this and this and this but you're still playing the game and you're still enjoying it probably even more because of the emotions that you have pinpointed there simon we've got we have got two more wells i found them do you want to do the one in uh-huh. the inbox and i'll do the one on um on uh, discord yeah. Robert Wells writes, Hello team, I'm visiting my mum and there's a local story about the police raiding what they thought would be a cannabis farm to find instead a Bitcoin mine, which led me to having to explain Bitcoin mining and the difficulty of buying a really good graphics card. What niche bits of the game world do you forget aren't stories everybody knows? What do you find yourself explaining even if no one else cares? Pip, pip, Robert. Um, Do you think the police were disappointed that they weren't going (laughs) to do a drugs bust (laughs) and instead just found a load of... NVIDIA cards? I guess uh, Robert's question is it's kind of answered by what we just talked about. For me, um, you know, the the language that video games use often catches me out as well. Um, clearly the, the main developers and the community forget how impenetrable it is just, um, just to even someone who plays video games because... Yeah, I get caught out every time I, I, I visit one of those sub-niches. Yeah, and uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. <laughs> also that as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, and, and you know, if you, look at, um, if you look at League of Legends or something like that, I find that absolutely any conversation about that completely impenetrable. There was something else that I was trying to read about this week, another game that I'd, I'd never heard of, uh, heard of, which happens all the time these days because there are so many games. And immediately, within two weeks of release, you go and look at the subreddit expecting an explanation of how the game works, and instead it's full of language that's just developed super fast over the last two weeks, presumably drawn from other similar games. Um, and, yeah, it makes things so impenetrable so fast. Or am I just old? <laughs> Don't know. All right, uh, we have a letter. Now, you may remember last week um, during the show, I said that in the mailbag, the mailbag uh, forum on the One Life Left Discord, it said that Souljacker was typing a message, but perhaps they heard us because they stopped while I said that, and so we never got to uh, see their letter. Well, well, they came back. And they wrote this, Dear team, so I thought I'd better finish this letter after being called out on the show last week for getting distracted while typing. I'm a big Picross fan on the Switch. I love the Picross E-Series, and this is my main source of workplace distraction during breaks. In between the last two releases, I found myself needing a Picross hit, so I took a look on the eShop and found a release by Jupiter, the same company that makes the e-games. I duly downloaded Kimono Friends Picross and dived straight in. It turns out this game is a little bit sexy and seems to consist of solving puzzles to reveal odd girl-animal crossovers in suggestive poses. Obviously, I still played it because, you know, it's Picross. Have you ever played a game with very innocent intentions and ended up feeling a little grubbier by the end of it? Love the show! Well, what about you, Simon? Yeah, the um, the immediate example for me is when I was playing Bayonetta on my Switch on a train with other people around me. Um, and yeah, there are some bits in that that uh, are pretty racy um or ca- or could appear to be if you were looking over my shoulder that i was embarrassed to play it um i would tilt it towards the window which made it difficult for me to see i did consider at one point putting a towel over my head <laughs> like you do when you've got a stuffed nose <laughs> in order to be able to enjoy it you know it's it's innocent pleasures privately uh, but i didn't know i just stopped playing it on the train i was i think i mentioned this on the show before that i was playing cyberpunk um and that first mission where you go into an apartment and there is a dead woman in a bath naked um, 
at that point, that point was the point when my partner came in the room just as I entered that space. And she was like, what are you doing? And playing, playing, you know, one of the year's biggest video games. <laughs> it's, it's fine, I promise. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that made me feel incredibly awkward. I, I, I think more, um, more relevant, perhaps, to Souljacker's question. Uh, a few months ago, I downloaded a game which looked a bit like Wave Race on Steam. Um, but turned out to be sexy wave race. Um, it was it was anime girls on jet skis. Uh, I played it, you know, because there's no reason. Well, it's <laughs> as Souljacker says. Well, it's Picross, isn't it? Well, it was wave race, except for it wasn't wave race. It was very, 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 very poor. Uh, and so wave you know, racy, yeah, wave race, very good. <laughs> so I, I only played it for twenty to thirty. 30 hours just to check it didn't get any better uh to check that it's fluid fluid dynamics were as accurate as you'd hoping was it yeah uh right i didn't play it for that long and you can check on my steam accounts uh so yeah that does happen i tell you the impact of that is that now in my uh steam recommended games list occasionally it throws a sexy game at me uh, which? <laughs> oh no! Oh no, Gabe! Stop! <laughs> Stop with the sexy games. Not more of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good letters this week. Thank you so much. But I think that's our Thank most you. packed letters section for months. Yeah. Um, well done, everybody. Thank you. Keep them coming to team at onelifeleft dot com or on the Discord. to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, a very, very, very special One Life Left, because as mentioned, we're recording it in the morning. It's now 10.43am. So I, I think from my point of view, Simon, there's been a bit more traffic outside. A little bit more traffic, yeah. A little bit more. Is anything different at your end? Well, I, the thing that's been concerning me most is uh, seeing my three-year-old at the bottom of the garden and wondering whether she's going to wander in and spoil everything. Uh, she hasn't Spoil yet, everything but, uh, or make us go viral? Well, ah, good point. Yeah, well, it would only make us go viral if we were doing video as well, wouldn't it? Which I know De- uh, Dexter suggested on the Discord that we find a way of recording this live, uh, which I think could be fun. Yeah, so Discord has a, a feature now called Staging. Yeah, maybe we'll work out how to sort that out next week. Uh, or maybe we won't, and we'll forget about it forever. <laughs> Who knows? But if you want the opportunity to perhaps see the show be recorded live, which typically happens 
on a Sunday night between 7 and 8 p.m., uh, then please, please join us. Uh, you can find information on joining our community in the show notes this week. Uh, before we crack on with the reviews, quickly, how did your talk go last week? It was good. Um, I did a uh, confessions section at, at Nordic Game. It's been Nordic Game this week, and I think it, hopefully it's the last or the last only online one. They're expecting to gather everyone together in November of this year. Um, so I did a little confession section where I got people from the games industry to send in their confessions and uh, read them out and answered them. I um, think that I might have had one from you, Simon. I was going to ask if you guessed whether one of them was me. <laughs> I did. I, 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 I guessed because of the content of the confession, uh, but also because yeah. of the name that you used. Exactly. It made me laugh. <laughs> because... It made me laugh as well. And if um, Nordic Game published these talks, please, please feel free to listen uh, or watch the uh, stream and try and guess which one Simon is. Uh, you'll be glad to know, Simon, I further anonymised your, your confession by only reading Did out you? one half of that name. Okay. <laughs> well, then that, that surely makes it obvious which one you thought was mine. No, because, you know, first names are first names, so they're all first names across the year. Okay. <laughs> all right, let, let's get on with the reviews. Okay, Simon, you said you've been playing two games this week. I've, two. I've played three, but only the first bit of all of them, so I think you're probably winning. Okay, uh, well, I've been spending the week on the water or in the water. Um, first game I played was Manhunter on Nintendo Switch. Simon, uh, I, I played that the... too. What? Yes, on Switch. Uh, on did PC. you? Oh, amazing. It came out on Steam as well. Oh. It's been on. Oh, the of course it did. Epic yes, store for the last uh, year, I think. Um, it has. That's right. And then it, it moved to other formats. Yeah, and it, I think it's in Game Pass as well. Um, so this is Shark Theft Auto, um, <laughs> where you uh, play um, a small shark at the start, and the idea is to grow over time and and uh, basically track down the killer of your mother uh, shark. Um, I'm about probably three hours in, um, maybe the third or fourth area has unlocked. Um, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I was. Actually, I mean, it's. I mean, actually, f- first of all, the Switch conversion I thought was really good. Um, it, it looked fine. It ran. It runs pretty well. And actually, the challenges um, I had most of all were just in some of the controls, like some of the some of the the way that you um, uh, you swim quickly or you chomp down on stuff can be a bit all over the place. But actually, I did find it weirdly satisfying. Perhaps in the way that I enjoy the sniper games as well for some reason. <laughs> But yeah, just sort of sailing around and then chomping on stuff, um, I thought quite enjoyable. You know, there are areas I encountered early on where I obviously shouldn't be. The crocodiles um, gave me a lot of trouble, um, and then some other naughty sharks as well that were that would um, that would uh, encourage me to respawn. But yeah, overall, um, I thought I was having I was having a, a, a pretty nice time of it. Uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, I enjoyed the controls a lot as well. I thought the presentation was excellent through this conceit of one of those uh, reality TV or scripted reality TV shows, um, you know, world's most dangerous sharks, whatever. I thought that bit was great. I enjoyed the swimming, felt that was really, really good, and the, um, the combat felt pretty good as well. Like you, I got to the crocodile bit earlier, I guess... I, I, I followed a mission that was like it seemed quite simple it was like go and collect or go and kill ten turtles or something and then got murdered by a couple of crocodiles and thought mm. uh, yeah I get it and it's nice and I'm probably not going to play it anymore maybe I will um, so yeah enjoyed it also would give it a 7 out of 10 um, I played Mokred which is the game that swept up at the Nordic Game Awards uh, this year uh, it's made by some... Also on Game Pass. Right, okay. Spotted. It's made by some yeah. uh, friends of the show, uh, Runa and uh, Martin, involved in that. And uh, Hyper Games. It's by Hyper Games. And it's beautiful. It's a game where you have to um, move through a shadowed universe. It's largely kind of monochromatic. And you are... Uh, the universe is lit up by a ball. And the ball casts its ball of light, which means that 
e.g. a pillar will cast a big shadow behind it and you have to avoid that shadow, which is simple at first, but not so simple as the ball moves around and so does the shadow. It's two players and it's predominantly, or it's designed, I think, to be a cooperative experience. You can play it single player, uh, but single player really involves you twin sticking it, moving both characters at once, which is a bit of a... Uh, confusing situation for me. Uh, too confusing, I think. But as a cooperative experience, it's joyful and pleasant and beautiful, beautiful game. Sounds great as well. Um, so I can see why it swept the awards. 7 out of 10. I've just realised I called it Manhunter. It's Maneater. It's a shark game. I didn't correct you um, uh, because I thought it was also called Manhunter. <laughs> I didn't think that because I've been thinking well which of the two Manita songs should I rewrite for Marioki like yeah the, wow yeah um, Hall of Notes or Nelly Furtado um, still haven't decided anyway have you played anything else you said you played another game yes King of Seas um, which is the uh, 3D Clouds Team 17 uh, pirate game I do like pirate games Steve um, and this one uh, looks and um, so far is um, a modern version of Sid Meier's Pirates. So you start off, you are thrown, uh, you are accused of murdering uh, the king um, and uh, you are exiled into a world of pirates. Um, and yeah, so far, um hour or so in. Uh, sailing around beautiful locations um, just going through the sort of early missions where it's teaching you the systems and the controls and stuff feels a little faster paced than um, the Sid Meier Pirates version but yeah similar type of combat firing your your left or right port starboard guns um, aiming them at different parts of the other ships etc sailing to beautiful islands um, recruiting uh, crew uh, buying and selling trading items in order to build up your wealth and finally go back and avenge the uh, death of the king. And um, yeah, thoroughly enjoying it at the moment. Looks nice, playing it on Switch as well. Uh, runs very smoothly. Um, just the type of game, I think, as we were talking about in the letters section, that you can just dip in and out. Actually, you can save it pretty frequently in, in, in ports and stuff and, and just pick little bits and bobs to do here and there and off you go. Live your best pirate life. Um, so yeah, if you've got fond recollections of the Sid Meier game or you enjoyed the uh, the sailing bits of um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag more than the uh, murdery bits, um, then I would say that this is for you. 7 out of 10. I played... Have you also been playing it, Steve? Uh, I have not. I played the first five minutes of Biomutant. Uh, I thought, oh. thought it looks uh, and feels really, really, really good. Um, but I just didn't want to learn some new systems. So I turned, turned it off and I played um, Halo. And <laughs> you know what? I don't want to, uh, to go back and amend a 20-year-old review... But Halo starts off quite slowly, doesn't it? There's a lot of running down corridors on the Pillar of Autumn. I thought that introductory mission was going to be really, really, really short, and I'd be straight onto the ring world, which is where Halo starts to get fun and good. But instead, I spent half an hour running down corridor after corridor, killing five guys and then six guys and then eight guys and then ten guys, um, learning to fight this guy and then learning to fight this guy, learning to use this weapon, throwing grenades... And then fighting them all again, and then running down corridors, and then getting lost, and then turning around three corridors and four corridors, and eventually getting to the end after triggering a cutscene, I don't know how, and then uh, landing on the planet. Um, at which point I got bored and turned it off. Seven out of oh, ten. Controversial. Tell that oh. to Edge. Good. That's it. That's our show. That's it, isn't it? That's everything. Um, well done. I, I've, you know, I've enjoyed doing it on a morning, but let's not do it again. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, no, good. All right, well, nice to see you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Not often I get to say that uh, to you. Usually it's like, well, night-night, no. Simon. No, no. <laughs> normally it's this, like, can, can, can you send your audio quickly, please? Because I want to edit it and then go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, can you send anyway. your audio quickly, please, Simon? <laughs> exactly. I want to get on with the rest be. of the bank holiday Monday. Um, thank you so much for listening today. Whether you're listening on Resonance or listening as a podcast, we will see you next week. Until then, bye! bye. <laughs>